This is Fantasy Football Picks and Bets presented by Prize Picks Week 12. Rankings update, full NFL injury report, DraftKings ownership, and of course, the prize picks for the week. Remember to smash the like button for the episode and subscribe to Mayo Media Network and get yourself in on the newsletter. It's down in the description right now, and it will have the cheat sheet of both the rankings and the injury report, and they will get updated at 11.35 a.m. Eastern time on Sunday, so you can just check back now, you can check back then, that way you don't have to go do all the research yourself. I We'll have it done for you because things will change between now and when the inactives and actives come out, especially in some of the late games. But I really want to hammer down on the props to kick things off. Once again, if you go to prizepicks.com and use code MMN, you will get a deposit bonus of up to $100, meaning you deposit $100, you get an extra $100. So you have $200 to play on the fantasy props on prizepicks.com. The two that I am going with this week are the two dollar 75 or the sorry the two pick power play 75 dollar uh three times your money payout i'm going joe mixon over 10 and a half receiving yards it's really funny to track the joe mixon receiving props he did not hit this number the last time against the pittsburgh steelers and frankly it's like 50 50 whether he gets there or not it seems artificially low but you go back and look last week against the raiders zero targets and zero receptions for gentleman Joe Mixon out of the backfield. The two weeks before that, five targets in each killed this number, like quadrupled it, quintupled it uh, two of the three weeks before that. And then, you know, four weeks ago, zero targets. So it's basically, if you see him targeted in the passing game at all, he is going to hit this over. And I do think with the full complement of options available on the defensive line for the Steelers, their pass rush is going to be a lot better than last time around against the Bengals, who still don't have a very good offensive line. So blood dumps and dump offs to Joe Mixon, probably in the cards for the Cincinnati Bengals offense this week, over 10 and a half receiving yards. And the second one is Dontrell Hilliard, over 18 and a half receiving yards. If you go to DraftKings Sportsbook right now, Hilliard's receiving pro is over 21 and a half cowards nowhere across the industry will release a receptions prop for Dontrell Hilliard I'm guessing it's going to come in at like three and a half or four I still like the over on that Jeremy McNichols is out for this game no Julio Jones no AJ Brown Donta Foreman I don't think he can catch Adrian Peterson cut by the team it is Hilliard and Donta Foreman in the backfield as seven point underdogs against the Patriots with a good run defense guess what the plays are going to be dump offs to Dontrell Hilliard 18 and a half on prize picks you're already getting three yards of value I bet you by the time Sunday morning rolls around that 21 and a half at DraftKings Sportsbook probably up to 22 and a half maybe even up to 24 25 and a half because that's going to be a very popular over this week the best number you're going to find is at prizepicks.com so go Check that out right now. Code MMN to get your deposit bonus of up to $100. The other prop that I really like this week, and it's basically just to play against Feinberg, as I've been saying it all week, whether it be on the spread show, whether it be on the best bet show, uh, both shows you should go back and listen to or watch, by the way is Melvin Gordon anytime touchdown uh, you can find it as high as plus 150 if you scour around at DraftKings Sportsbook right now it is plus 130 still a good bet because Melvin Gordon is most definitely scoring on the Chargers and they're brutal run defense this week they also have brutal pass defense but the Broncos really want to make an effort to run the ball especially once they get inside the three yard line the Chargers don't seem like they can stop anyone so expect myriad chances from inside the five yard line for Melvin Gordon but really the big thing is that it will trigger Feinberg and triggering Feinberg generally tends to happen so if that's going to happen if that's the thing that's going to cause 
Feinberg to get triggered, and then Jeff will get triggered. Melvin Gordon, anytime touchdown, plus 150. I didn't look at the two or three touchdown prop on Melvin Gordon yet, but I might dig into that on Sunday morning as well. Keep an eye out if you do find that Dontrell Hilliard over under receptions. I did actually want to play Ty Johnson on prize picks as well. I believe his over under for receiving yardage was 17 and a half. Could be off on that one. I do worry with Zach Wilson starting for the Jets that maybe he doesn't have the same game plan as Mike White or Joe Flacco from what we've seen. What was just high utilization of running backs in the receiving game out of the backfield. That was very specific to those other two. With Zach Wilson so far this year, we really haven't seen it a ton. Maybe there's an offensive philosophy shift and that's just a part of their offense. Now, I'll probably still play the over on that, but I'm a bit wishy-washy and squishy on it because maybe Zach Wilson just wants to bomb it down the field the entire game instead of taking the very easy dump-off pass to Ty Johnson, who should see an exceptional amount of run this week because Michael Carter obviously out for this game. Let's get to the injury report for Week 12. Uh, Obviously, DeAndre Swift was injured at running back on Thanksgiving, but it sounds like he's day-to-day and may actually play in Week 13, so that's great news coming out of it. Zeke might actually be sat down coming out of Thanksgiving, although he played that game. There's reports out of Dallas they might give him his own bye week to get himself healthy for the playoffs. We'll see about that. Keep an eye on it. If not, you know, if Tony Pollard is still available, which he shouldn't be in any league, you should go pick him up. Ingram and Kamara did not play in Week 12. Keep an eye on their status. Going into Week 13, Michael Carter, as I said, out. That's going to be two to three weeks. Jordan Howard out for this game as well. Kareem Hunt likely in for Sunday night football, making his return along with Nick Chubb. Jack Conklin back on the offensive line. The Browns, they're getting in desperation mode. They need this win against the Baltimore Ravens. So even if Kareem Hunt is not exactly 100%, he is getting back on the field to give them that sort of dynamic one-two punch that they have sorely been missing. Uh, Now, no OBJ, Anthony Schwartz may be out, Jarvis Landry not out, looking like he's 100%, Donovan Peoples-Jones might not play for Cleveland. All stuff we're probably not going to know until way into the day on Sunday because that is the Sunday night football game, but Hunt is likely going to play here. So I've inserted him back into the rankings at... Number 15, bump down Nick Chubb to number 8 in the rankings. Obviously, I've taken out everyone who has played on Thanksgiving, so that those are a bit wonky numbers based on what they were earlier in the week. But for all the players remaining, that's how it shapes up in half-point PPR. For me, I think you have to gamble on the upside of Kareem Hunt versus some pretty bad options, to tell you the truth. Like, you know, we had a lot of good options, and workhorse guys go on, on Thursday. And on Sunday, you know, they're few and far between on this one. Cordero Patterson likely back in. Saquon Barkley and Elijah Milch, Mitchell both likely to play as well. Keep an eye on Mitchell because that's a late game. So if he is in an if he is inactive, because uh, Jamichael Hasty has already been ruled out, uh, then it's Jeff Wilson time again. And Jeff Wilson and AJ Dillon could shape up to be the two rebound spot players that you want to have, both in your lineups and DraftKings lineup this week, if the other guy is deemed inactive. Because I always say that because Aaron Jones now looks like he has a shot to play this week. And it's going to be endlessly frustrating, whether it be DraftKings or whether it be your season-long lineup, because you rushed out, you saved AJ Dillon, boom, he's a top 10 play this week. Not so fast. Aaron Jones has been getting in limited practices. He was supposed to miss at least two weeks. This would be one week, and now he's back. I'm not buying it. I'm calling shenanigans on this one. He might end up going, and I could be completely wrong. But 
The Packers have a bye next week. So if Aaron Jones isn't 100% healthy, what are they doing out there? It's not like their running game took a significant drop off. They were just bad against the Vikings. And I think against the 49ers that A.J. Dillon has shown enough receiving game prowess that you can roll him out there one more week if it means buying Aaron Jones two weeks more of recovery to have him going for the stretch run. Although Minnesota is catching up, sorry, against the Rams. Uh, the With the Vikings playing the 49ers, I mean, they could lose that game, although the Vikings are catching up up to the Packers in the AFC or the NFC North, the Packers are still on track to make the playoffs here. If it's all about the one seed for them, chances are they're probably not going to get it. They're better off having a well-rested, healthy Aaron Jones for the stretch run and the playoff run here. So I'm not exactly buying that he's going to be back. It creates a great leverage point on DraftKings if you want to utilize the late swap this week, because not only is A.J. Dillon down in price from a week ago when he was by far the highest owned guy, he didn't bust it running back last week, but he wasn't great at running back last week either. So it's really keeping people off of him now with this news that Aaron Jones might come back. It's going to kill his ownership even more. So A.J. Dillon is a great late swap. And if, listen, all you need to do is leave $100 on the table and use Daryl Henderson in your lineup. Once it comes out that Aaron Jones is inactive, if that's what happens, all of a sudden you just swap Daryl Henderson out for A.J. Dillon and boom, you're off to the races. Daryl Henderson also a good play and way too cheap and under this week too. You can just play those two guys uh, if Aaron Jones is out, if you really wanted to. Damian Harris and Ramondre Stevenson, both questionable against the Tennessee Titans. So keep, they're an early game. Keep an eye on them to see if one of them is a healthy scratch. or not a healthy scratch, but a late scratch when the inactives come around. Again, I will update the cheat sheet in the newsletter on Sunday morning, 11, actually I'll update it at like 11.40 a.m. Eastern time because the news comes out at 11.35 a.m. Eastern time. Uh, Philip Lindsay was cut by the Texans, signed by the Dolphins. Chase Edmonds still on injured reserve. We'll see what happens to him coming out of the bye week. And those are the running back injuries, wide receiver injuries this week at wide receiver. A.J. Brown is out. Julio Jones is out. Adrian Peterson is cut. So how this now shapes up is Nick Westbrook Ikina fills in for Julio or for A.J. Brown. This is what we have seen. Des Fitzpatrick is going to now fill in for Marcus Johnson, who was filling in for Julio Jones. Both Johnson, or Johnson's out for the season. Then you have Julio Jones, who is going to miss this game once again. Uh, Jeff Swain might be back this week. It's not looking super encouraging for the Tennessee Titans offense in this one with the myriad injuries they have. Uh, they go on by next week. So hopefully coming out of that, they can get some of their guys back as they're still pretty. I mean, they're not coasting to a playoff spot uh, with the Colts chasing them down in the division and the AFC being so jumbled anyway, like a three game losing streak can knock you out of the playoffs. Just look at the Bengals. They were in first place a month ago. They're what the seven seed are out of the playoffs now. So things can turn in a hurry and a very congested more so than my nasal passages. The AFC is congested right now. So keep an eye on what they're up to, but I think they might not necessarily throw in the towel on this game, although they've, listen, as an undermanned unit, they kicked the shit out of the Rams like two weeks ago. If they beat the Patriots, it wouldn't be the craziest thing in the world. Uh, I don't expect that to happen, but hey, crazier things have happened, and everyone is just kind of on the jock of the Patriots right now, uh, and everyone is betting the Patriots. Minus seven, if that goes up to like eight or eight and a half, people are still betting the Patriots this week, and it might end up being a good bet based on the futility that this offense kind of seems like they have right now, but it could be Chester Rogers in this offense. You probably don't want to do much with it, but Fitzpatrick is $3,200 on DraftKings. 
And we always talk about, hey, Bill Belichick likes the, the narrative, at least. It's not actually true. But he likes to take out your best option. Well, what if a team has no best option? What does Bill Belichick do then? Is, is the defense, all, like, all of a sudden, you know, they're out there. They're going to get impregnated with this awful t- Tennessee offense. And it's just going to be a shit show. Who knows what's going to happen? Sterling Shepard and Kadarius Tony are both out for the New York Giants, uh, as is Kyle Rudolph. So you're going to have Evan Ingram. Kenny Galladay and maybe John Ross. He is questionable to play. Um, Kenny Galladay is actually a good play here, just based on everything that's happened. Slayer may 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 or may not go for the Eagles. It's not going to feel good playing Kenny Galladay, but he's like legit the only guy that they have who is somewhat capable besides Evan Ingram, who sucks, uh, and that's going to be an issue. And Evan Ingram will be super highly owned on DraftKings this week, too. It's kind of weird. I mean, it's not weird. It actually makes a lot of logical sense, except for the fact that you remember that Evan Ingram is terrible, uh, although the Eagles have given up the most fantasy points to tight ends any team in football. So that's another reason people are just kind of getting on Evan Ingram right now. I have him when we get to the ownership projections, top three at tight end on the main slate this week. But Galladay shaping up to be a really nice play. Uh, It's not going to be pretty. It's not going to be fun, but he should get there through attrition. I like him even more if Darius Slay is an inactive when the actives and inactives end up coming out. Antonio Brown is out. Uh, And actually, Jamie, listen, if John Ross plays, you can play John Ross too. He's like the min on DraftKings. We know it's deep shot or nothing from him, but he might be out there for like 98% of the snaps. Nice situation to be in. Antonio Brown out, Anthony Schwartz out already for the Cleveland Browns. Donovan Peoples-Jones is a game-time decision, but he has been practicing in a limited capacity all week, so he might end up going. Jarvis Landry is iffy with a knee injury. He'll probably tough his, tough his way through it, but don't expect him to be at 100% in this one. Will Fuller, Devontae Parker, both out. Calvin Ridley likely out once again. We'll see if he ever ends up coming back this season. It's tough to say. Marquise Brown is likely back for the Baltimore Ravens. Nico Collins popped up with a hip injury on Friday for the Houston Texans. He's now questionable. Also questionable, Corey Davis, Ray Ray McLeod, Curtis Samuel, who's probably on a pitch count whether he plays or not, Alan Lazard, Donovan Peoples-Jones, then uh, tracking the injuries from last week and Thursday. DeAndre Hopkins should be back after the bye week for the Arizona Cardinals. CeeDee Lamb and Allen Robinson and Amari Cooper all did not play in week or on Thanksgiving. Cooper and Lamb should both be back for week 13 and on Thursday. That's Thursday night, though, so we'll see with them. And Allen Robinson with that hamstring injury, we just don't know at this point what's going on with him. The rest of the position, Zach Wilson is going to get the start because Joe Flacco uh, was around Mike White, who caught COVID, so they're both out uh, for the week. Not sure whether, I mean, Mike White... I believe, tested positive for COVID. I don't think that Flacco did, but where he is unvaccinated, uh, he's in like the 10-day protocol just straight up for being unvaccinated. Two negative tests will not get him out of it. So those guys are both out this week, thrusting Zoomer Zach and his Tide Pod eating ways back into the starting lineup for the New York Jets. Lamar Jackson appears like he will start for the Baltimore Ravens this week. Great news for Lamar. Kyler Murray should be back after the bye week. Justin Fields has cracked ribs. Not sure whether or not he is going to play moving forward. We saw Tua with this injury earlier in the year and had to be placed on injured reserve. So I would not expect Justin Fields to be back. And if the Bears are actually thinking about making a playoff run, If you look at, like, EPA per play for the Bears offense, Andy Dalton actually has the three highest EPA per play games at quarterback this season for the Bears. 
I would play Fields because you're not winning anything with Andy Dalton, and it's probably good to give him reps, but Matt Nagy's trying to save his job, and Andy Dalton appears to be the path of least resistance to that right now. So if you own Justin Fields, you might be up Shit's Creek on this one. Tight end, Jonu Smith is likely in. Adam Shaheen is out for the Miami Dolphins. Eric Ebron is out for the Pittsburgh Steelers. Kyle Rudolph likely out for the New York Giants. Another reason to like Evan Ingram this week. Jeff Swaim likely in. Ricky Seals Jones likely out. And Logan Thomas might play for the first time since like week two or whatever the hell it was. Uh, he, like Curtis Samuel, might be on a pitch count for the Washington football team this week. I would not roll him out into my lineups or anything. I want to wait and see with Logan Thomas before anything else. Uh, check out the Pat Mayo Experience feed uh, if you're listening to Pat Mayo Experience right now. Uh, leave a five-star review on Apple Podcasts, something nice with your Twitter handle or email address, and you're in a draw for one of $300 giveaways. Straight cash, homie, 100 bucks. Uh, just leave that audio review on the Pat Mayo Experience podcast on Apple Podcasts. Help us out. I'll be running through some DraftKings picks over there as well in a very quick fashion. You can check those up on Mayo Media Network as well. But the chalk report for this week, the most highest owned players at each position on DraftKings at running back McCaffrey, Jonathan Taylor, and Miles Sanders. I am curious to see how Hilliard comes in along with Ty Johnson at the lower end. I like both those guys, but if they get to be overwhelming chalk, you can go in a different direction as both those guys are still in split situations. Probably I would say Ty Johnson is far more likely to possess the goal line work because he's been doing that all year versus Dontrell Hilliard, who you are banking on catching like seven, eight passes in this game at wide receiver, Michael Pittman, Cooper cup, Chris Godwin and Debo Samuel all rate out really well. Worth noting. Mike Evans does not appear very highly on the ownership report because he had been dealing with that back injury all week, although he is not listed on the injury report whatsoever. So Brady to Mike Evans usually works works out pretty well. Uh, that's probably the route that you want to go unless you want to triple stack with Gronk or with Godwin in that contest. Well, keep an eye on Scotty Miller. He's eligible to play. He just has not been active. So he might be a late active and you probably don't want to play him, but it kills anything that Tower Johnson or that guy who's number one uh, ends up doing. Fournette, not very highly owned this week either, which I found somewhat surprising because he's been really good every single week. And a guy who's so involved in the receiving game, you can play with Brady if you want to, honestly. That can be a part of your stack. Tight end, uh, Kittle and Ingram are the two projecting over 10% right now. We get so few slates. I mean, Kansas City plays a ton of primetime games, so hit them on bye, just, and with, you know, three games on Thursday as well, it's thin at tight end this week. Thin, just like that guy's dick from Deuce Bigelow. It's like a Twizzler. You know, it's not small. It's just thin. It's a problem at tight end. Quarterbacks, Brady, Newton, and Jalen Hurts. Defense, the Texans look like the overwhelming chalk. I, too, like the Texans. It is an easy flip. You can just use the Jets on the other side of the ball if you really want to, as they make just as much sense as the Texans this week. And the Carolina Panthers, probably going to be the second most, but it's really the Texans and everyone else this week on the main slate in terms of ownership at defense. Once again, hit up the cheat sheet in the newsletter. That's all down in the description. Pat Mayo Experience Listeners League link, almost full. That's down in the description. Smash the like rate and review the show for that giveaway. I think that's going to do it for me. I hope you all had a terrific holiday. Be safe the rest of the weekend and enjoy yourself. Win some cash at football. I'll see you next time.